0: The Parental Guidance Podcast is a production of The Unafraid Show. Find out more at www.unafraidshow.com. Hey, Jeremy, we're taking a trip down memory lane for me on this one.
1: Yeah, and uh, we were not taking a trip down memory lane for me because <laughs> I had not seen Dark Crystal, the Dark Crystal, the original. You weren't even born but, yet. Yeah, I mean, probably. What was that, an 80s movie? 82, 1982. Yeah, 82. I was yeah, so that movie was that movie was a little bit uh, before me. <laughs> now, the Dark Crystal originally was a, a Jim Henson uh, film, correct? Correct, With uh, yep. puppetry and whatnot? Mm-hmm. And his production and, company
0: run by his family is at the helm of this one as too. the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. I guess we should say the name of the show we're actually talking yes. about. Huh? So, yeah, it's on we're doing the,
1: yeah, the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance season one. And this is actually a Netflix original. And it is a Netflix original uh, partnered, as you said, with Jim Henson's mm-hmm. like actual production. And, you know, honestly, as far as Jim Henson and what I've read from people as far as, you know, the people who watch the original and really like that everyone feels like they really paid homage and kept kept uh something that he would have been proud of
0: oh very much i mean this okay so disclaimer to all those who are used to hyper realistic cgi graphics where the characters that are computer generated you know the actors have motion capture suits so their mouths are moving in perfect unison as you and i were talking before we started recording one of the the initial hangups that a lot of people might have with this is these are actual puppets. This is old school Jim Henson of the Muppets fame. They're using puppets to do the majority of the characters in this and the mouths don't move perfectly.
1: (laughs) No. And it's not, it's not quite old school puppets because they are able to do more motion and stuff. And yeah, as you said, you know, for me having no knowledge of the dark crystal uh, before and uh, watching this, It definitely took me a minute to get over the puppetry. Honestly, I thought I accidentally clicked on the older one at first. (laughs) I was like, oh, man, I must have clicked. And then I looked. I'm like, oh, nope, this is the one I'm watching. Wow, it looked older. Um, But then, you know, uh, as I started watching it, it started to look less like watching a Yoda scene from the original Star Wars trilogy (laughs) and more like just, you know, watching a regular kind of fantasy novel play out. And once you're used to the puppets, it's actually one, very impressive what they can actually do with the puppets and the actual feelings and emotions and actions that they convey. And two, you don't even really notice it anymore. It's almost like, it's like watching a movie with subtitles on. Mm -hmm. You're watching a foreign movie with subtitles. And if it's your first time watching a movie with subtitles in a while, at first it's an adjustment. But then after it, you don't even know the subtitles are on. And someone can walk in the room and be like, oh, Hey, there's subtitles on. You're like, Oh yeah, there are. I totally forgot. The same as with this after watching the first 20 minutes of it, you don't even really realize or care that their mouths are moving in a different way or that they're puppets. Instead, you know, everything else just captures you. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And, and let's be clear. They didn't skimp on the talent to do the voiceovers. I mean, we've got Taryn Egerton. We have, uh, we have three different people coming over from game of Thrones I mean, you've got Mark Hamill, you've got um, Simon Pegg, and this one is my favorite bit uh, of nostalgia yeah. because the original, one of the most memorable characters for me was the Skeksy, which is the, they, they're they the bad guys in this storyline. The Skeksy, the Skeks, aside from having an annoyingly difficult name to say, Skeksis, the Skeksis. Um they're the bad guys and the Gelflings are the good guys. But Simon Pegg takes the Chamberlain character and, the original that character had these just bizarre vocal tics like these hmm like these high pitched hmm little sounds that it would make and Simon Pegg absolutely nailed it and it was just like a time warp back to the original so for anybody who's ever seen the original dark crystal um and you go back and you you watch that and then you watch Simon Pegg it's just like oh thank you Simon for crushing that one and then a Mark, Mark Hamill I mean he just needs to do even more voiceovers cuz that dude just he's just fun it's just fun when he what does. What do you
1: mean? All he does is voice <laughs> acting. He does so much oh, voice acting. Oh, I know. Are you it's, it's, kidding it's just me? do more. More. That's most of it. I want more but Mark I don't Hamill. know if he can do more. He does so he much voice He can do more. <laughs> He's slacking. But anyway, also, besides Game of Thrones, Taryn Edgerton, mm-hmm. uh, Lena Headey, Mark Hamill, there's also, well, yeah, I said Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. She's Lena one of Hattie. the ones in this. There's also Sigourney Weaver, oh, Aquafina, Awk yeah. there's uh, Mark Strong. Keegan-Michael Key, Jason Annie Asics, Stamber, Jason I, uh, yeah, Jason Asics,
0: Helen, Helena Bonham
1: Carter. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah, they, Helen, they, yeah, there, there are m- so many, there's so many good there, it, ones. Yeah. It's just, the cast is just uh, full of actual good voice acting. And that is wonderful because if you have good voice acting, you can actually feel the emotions and feel the plot mm-hmm. of the characters and the progression that they go through. And that is key especially if you're using puppets. Oh, my you gosh, have yeah. To, you have to have us get over the fact that they're puppets. And so the voice acting needs to be on point. Mm-hmm. And for this series, through three episodes, it completely is. Oh, yeah.
0: they and And on a side note, the two best narrators, I think that they just need to put in every... Movie where there's narration are Morgan Freeman and Sigourney Weaver. They just, anytime I hear their voice narrating anything, I'm just like, ah, happy place. This is great. Just let them narrate any narration that's needed. Just throw them in there. Just give it to them. Let's just be done with it. There's no debate. They get to have it all. Because all these all these voices, like you said, they convey such um, great Emotions And they're so subtle at times and then overt at other times where it's needed. But like you said, these puppets don't have the range of motion that a CGI character has. So the the tones and inflections and how a line is delivered is just that much more important. And I think obviously they know that. I mean, they've dealt with puppets. The Jim Henson Company's dealt with puppets since, like, what, the 70s, I think even farther back. I don't remember when Jim Henson got a start. I think it may have been even the 60s. So they understand the the kind of the limits of puppetry and getting the right voices in there is huge. And then you've got just this great fantasy story with some of the most bizarre-looking characters that you're going to find. I mean, that's what I always remember about the original is none of these characters are... I, I mean, they're just so bizarre-looking. Even the it's Gelflings. very...
1: Oh, gosh, it's incredibly unique. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, talk about a a world build. You know, Jim Henson, he just, he went all out with things. (laughs) And he just, and, you know, he created just these very, very strange and interesting, like, you know, like the main characters, they're almost elf-like, but they're not. They're kind of, they have gigantic eyes and stuff and Mm -hmm. huge ears. But then also you have, you know, the Skeksis, which are like these old decrepit kind of uh birdish
0: looking things, kind of
1: birdish like vulture looking uh-huh. things but they also are hunchback birds and some of them have like boils or like you know ooze that comes out and they're very like repulsive and disgusting you know Yeah. and at first when I was watching this I was trying <laughs> to get over two things I was trying to get over the repulsion I was feeling from the Skeksis and the the oddity of this world and the puppetry. So those kind of things were kind of throwing me off at first. But then once you get into it, you're like, oh, okay, this is, this is totally fine. I like this. I like these characters. I like these creatures. This is really fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, honestly, if you can... Um, now, to give the first warning about this, I feel like for... Two main warnings for parents, as far as watching with kids, uh, there are some elements of peril and, and danger that can be a little intense, I think for younger kids. Uh, some of the scenes that where you know where you've got some conflict going on or some creatures could be a little bit much for for younger kids. Um, the other difficulty is it's a bit of an intricate storyline with sort of you've got your whole Lord of the Rings-ish type of world build with these different clans of characters. And um, so there's a little bit of intricacy in that, a little bit of difficulty maybe, again, for younger kids to catch on to the storyline. But just the bizarre characters can keep younger ones who are okay with dealing with some some moments of peril and, and danger. Uh, I, I think, I mean, you've got like little round, fluffy puppy dog type of characters at one point in it that i pretty much any kid is going to see and want one as a pet.
1: I want one as a pet. I'm not even a kid. Oh, y- yeah, completely. I mean, it's what what are those creatures off the new Star Wars uh Porgs? Oh
0: yeah, the Porgs little penguinish yeah, looking so things. Yeah, it's almost
1: like, you know, it's almost like how you have those Porgs, i think that's what they're called and, mm-hmm. and all the kids loved them. There's so many things in this. But like you did say this is not for young kids no. uh, unless your kid is just hardcore and or used <laughs> to kind of things. Because there are some, uh, you know, scary things. You've yeah. got these things called spitters, which are just gigantic spiders, you know, and they they go around, and those are pretty dark and scary. But mm-hmm. then, just the skeksis get in some to some pretty evil and diabolical stuff. Yeah, you know, they're pure evil. They're manipulative and they're murderous. And mm-hmm. so, you've got all this stuff, which is pretty creepy and pretty off. And so, you know, my recommendation would probably be for like fourth or fifth graders. Oh, easily, yeah, youngest. ten
0: and up is is kind of my my sort of age range, I would say 10 and up, because um, they, they need to be able to follow the storyline. And like I said, it's not just like this very basic. There is there is some intricacy to the story, the backstory, that you get in the first several minutes where Sigourney Weaver is, is narrating. You're getting the history of the the land of the planet Thra, which is where this takes place, Is Thra, T-H-R-A. And you have to get a little history as to how things are where, to where they are for the story and littler kids are not, they're not going to track it. They're not going to track it at all. They're going to get lost in all the
1: different factions and clans and all that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah. Just the political uh intricacies of this whole thing. I mean, the biggest point of the Skekskis is that they are excellent, you know, spinners. They can spin and weave Mm -hmm. whatever story they want the people to believe and it's lies and deceit. And so for someone you know, for kids who are fourth and fifth grade, you know, 10 and up, they'll kind of understand that, oh, my gosh, oh, people in power can kind of do this or people can believe. And it's, you know, it's through those kind of things that you can understand. Like, kids can be like, oh, they need to be taken down. Like, the the truth needs to come out. They understand the importance of truth and, and characters. And at the same time, the story revolves around these, you know, fun, younger characters that are the ones who are trying to bring this truth about. And for kids, that's always great is when you have the kids who aren't respected, trying to be the heroes and they are the actual like protagonist of the story.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be, as it continues to unfold, you know, it's going to be one of bringing these sort of different groups of gelflings together to try and work as a team um, to, to come up against, you know, to rise up against the you know, resist, the Skeksis and their and their reign and their rule, and so that storyline. I mean, it's going to be a good storyline. It's just you got to be as a kid, you got to be at an age to understand and track it, and the younger ones won't. Plus, again, those elements of peril they they can get intense at times. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I gave there
1: it. Is, I, uh, there is also some torture that happens. Torture punishment, is, and yeah. that also is very uh, first episode a bit a bit rough not 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 even just the first episode yeah. i was saying the torture at like when they actual uh, you know there's they use this thing called a uh, oh uh, the uh, yeah the theater. um uh, peeper, yeah, a peeper, a peeper beetle, peeper, peeper which beetle. we don't need to tell you what it is. We just—it's mm-hmm. an element of torture, and that's kind of a, a scary or yeah. uh, a rough thing for a child to see. So that it's not one little is kids. also a thing to <laughs> keep in mind. This, like we said, it's not for little kids, nope. and for fourth or fifth graders too. Use your own caution. Mm-hmm. You know your child.
0: Yeah, if your child gets kind of gets gets startled easily, or does not like those kind of threatening and, and ominous moments, um, or you know, violent moments, they're not going to, it's not going to be for them. Um, But for a kid that would, I gave it three and a half scoops of ice cream overall Um, with those warnings put in there for the younger ages and, you know, some that are are more sensitive to the the scenes of maybe of violence or torture. Um, I, I gave it three and a half and then I gave three and a half cups of coffee For the parents, but if you're into fantasy genre, if you enjoy that genre, I gave it four. You just got to give yourself a moment or two to get past the puppetry aspect. It's not—the mouthing isn't going to fit the words perfectly. So once you get past that, golden.
1: Now, I actually started out uh, not thinking that I would like it as much as I did, because obviously the first 20 minutes were a bit rough, (laughs) but— past that the show actually captured me and, and it kept my attention and it left me wanting more i, I finished episode three and i'm probably going to continue this season mm-hmm. even though for me there is absolutely no nostalgia for this it's not a nostalgia play uh like like many people for me. Who reviewing this or talking about it there's that portion and i get that nostalgia yeah if they can keep that and hammer on something good that's going to be double you know for for many but I actually enjoyed this much more than I thought. And for me, for for children, I think if you can actually get them past the, hey, this isn't a CGI superhero movie kind of style, um, I think it's going to be a four scoop of ice cream for me because this is, it's fun. It's a, it's a different world. They're really good characters. The voice acting is good, so it will keep their attention. And there's a a, a good amount of prejudice, politics, action, You know, flying, fighting, humor, that kind of stuff. And for adults, I actually gave this four and a half cups of coffee. Nice. Because I thought that the world building was brilliant. The puppetry is just incredible. The voice acting is exquisite. The plot lines are good. They have multiple plot lines, but you're able to follow them and they stay compelling. And they're all centralized to one theme. Yeah. And... When we reviewed uh, Carnival Row a little while back, that was their issue: is that they had so they spread out so much and they couldn't actually follow uh, their own theme, and they didn't know what their story was. But this one, regardless of how many plot points they have and how many storylines they follow, they all followed the same thing: to mm-hmm. rescue Thra, to overthrow the Skeksis, to to bring new life to the Crystal and Thra, mm-hmm. and that is beautiful how they do it yeah and honestly i really like the character deet too deet mm-hmm. is great <laughs> really funny and just uh, a fantastic kind of uh ignorant bubbly Ka- yeah. but sweet but naive don't mess, but <laughs> but don't mess with her kind of character mm-hmm. strong strong willed but
0: also uh, naive as far as what she's up against and and what the the topside world for her um because she's a cave dweller gelfling but uh and like you said I mean one of the great things with this show is the sets and the the puppets are you know they hand they're hand painted hand crafted um so the puppets aren't I mean they're top notch top tier that it's Jim Henson's production company uh if he does puppets he's he's going all out on them and they certainly did with this and for those who can get past the kind of the mechanics of puppets talking and not matching the words you'll be fine because the story's engaging enough and for me nostalgia wise i mean i'll be certainly watching this to the end because i'm curious as to is this going to be a one season build-up because it's sort of a prequel to what the dark crystal movie is so this is the build-up to the original movie so it's a prequel to that and so I'm curious as to whether it's going to be one season and then that's it. And it leads into the movie or are they going to be trying to build more upon this? I'm kind of curious on that, but, um, they've got me hooked. That's fair. Yeah.
1: They could almost do a, uh, like a prequels and a rogue one kind of thing if they wanted to, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe they, uh, maybe they'll do the, this season up to a point and then they're going to do a, like an original movie yeah. and then they could do an after, you know, like the kind of that way so you do the prequels you do the rogue one then you do the post one you know you know the post uh series as well after the dark crystal movie yeah that could be interesting
0: i agree well we we got a little bit of hiccup with your audio going on so probably a good time to close it down
1: yeah i think i might have actually hiccuped as well so maybe that was it (laughs) now it was it was a robotic
0: hiccup then so you might want to get that checked
1: yes (laughs) oh yeah i will do it straight away i'll go to my nearest robot doctor there you go now anyway uh there you have it you have our ratings four scoops for me four and a half cups of coffee for me and jason three and a half three and a half
0: three and a half three and a half slash four Uh, i almost gave it four for the kids just for the fluffy round dogs but i just kind of went three and a half at the moment um i feel like it's yeah three and a half Wants to get three and a half, yeah. maybe four, four for the r- round fluffy dogs. But basically, we're we're pretty much on the same page. It's worth a watch. You'll enjoy watching it with your kids. Um, so, it, it, it's definitely one to give some time to if you wish.
1: Yeah. Okay. So there you have it. As always, I'm Jeremy and I'm Jason. We got you back. <laughs> for those
0: who wish to get in touch with us, you can find us at Pernal guys Podcast on Instagram. Or you can email us at pgpconnection at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate the show. We look forward to hearing from you and to many more episodes. Remember, we got you back.